Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. Sitting here with number 58, Tommy, Uh-oh. Tommy, Tommy, Dorian, Ryan, Ryan, Ryan. Tommy Dorian. Luxury. You know what? If you're sitting in luxury, great day. That's right. That's this booth. You, all our friends around here, it's great. Beautiful. So there, there you have it. Every day at the Catholic Cafe is Come a day on. of luxury. Come on. Get a big old cup of coffee. Well, we're, you know what? This is going to be a cool day today, too. All right. Because we are going to we're going to do the numbers man we are running the numbers here okay um and so pay attention because you have to stick with us get your calculators out because you're going to need them okay pull over to the side of the road that's right yeah be we safe people to be safe but we're going to talk about numbers you know and it's really interesting that you know you cannot live in this world mm-hmm. and not be influenced in some way by numbers right we're we're constantly like listing things where statistics uh are driving decisions. Uh, scientists use numbers and data. Uh, mathematicians obviously use use numbers to yep. understand relationships, and we use numbers. I mean, we we determine what our health is like. You know, our doctor looks at numbers. You know, what is yeah. this number? What is that number? And so, obviously, numbers are very important. And a lot of people might think, well, you know, numbers. Um, are maybe the, the, the thing that, that drives everything. You know, we always hear about all these little secret codes and right. these numerical equations that would be like the, you know, I think Einstein was always looking for that right. or uh, that, that equation that would uh, e equals MC squared or whatever, this relationship. And, right. and we're talking about numbers and how important they are. Well, you might want to then start thinking, well, wait a second. As I recall, there's lots of numbers in the Bible. There are. And so what we're going to do a show today about, which hopefully be kind of interesting, is we're going to look at numbers in the Bible. Okay. And hopefully at the end of this, you, Tom, will be able to look at all the numbers in the Bible, and you'll be able to gather together a secret biblical number that Uh-oh. you could use at the lottery, and you would win the, the lotto, right? <laughs> yeah. No, that's not right, Tom. <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah. Come on, man. You, yeah, faith, hope, and love. Uh, the grace of these is love. It's, you know, it's not hope. You cannot hope for the lottery. I'm sorry. Right. Yeah, that would be a nice thing. But, you know, the, the truth is that's where we get into a, a big conundrum, a big right. problem. We can fall into a trap. Even as Catholics, we can start looking at these numbers and start going, well, wait a second. There's this uh, secret number. There's this pattern. There's, there's stuff going on in the, in, that's, that's sort of hidden. Right. And, and the problem with that is we start to get into divination, you know, divining the future based on, you know, equations or numbers or relationships of numbers. And so we're able to tell the future. Well, that's a Not problem. Not good. No. We get into superstition. We get into numerology. And that becomes our God. That's a problem. Big time. And there are lots of people that experience that problem and not even realize they're falling into that trap. But we yeah. don't ever want to run into that trap. And so someone might say, well, let's just eschew or push away all numbers then. Let's not worry about numbers. But yeah, not, shouldn't do that either. Yeah, that should, we shouldn't do that because numbers are a big important part of the Bible. They are. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that and see just the, the sort of the right relationship, the, the Catholic understanding of numbers in okay. the Bible. Okay, good. Now, we, we won't obviously be able to do justice to all the numbers in the Bible, you know. And, and, but Highlights. We, we're going to talk about some basics here so you understand, you know, what do we do with these numbers? Right. And, and how are they supposed to help us? Mm-hmm. And so we'll, let's just go through a list of numbers. Let's do it. And we're going to talk about some interesting 
characteristics about those numbers and where we see them in Scripture, but then also what meaning they might have attributed to them and what we can glean from them. Because as we see in Scripture, we start to realize that numbers help us realize something about an expression of the, of uh, I don't know, of, of inspiration. Right. Right. We can actually ex- uh, see God inspiring these scriptures to help us and seeing those numbers sometimes will call to mind an image or an idea or a concept. Right. In fact, numbers were very important for the, for the, for the Jews. They were. I know. Right. And so they're like their, their, the Hebraic uh, number of perfection was three. Right. Right. And so there was always, there were all these threes that were, that were bantied about. And so we see that it's replete in scripture, the number three. Well, let's just start with the number one. Okay. Right. We see the number one and we realize, wait a second, the number one, why is that so important? (laughs) Right. Right. We're number one. Well, that's, that's, that's what God told the Israelites, didn't he? He did. Right. In Deuteronomy chapter six, where he says here, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Right. And so it's like there's only one God. Right. And so we've always believed in one God. We're a monotheistic religion. So when we see when we see this number one, anytime that's used in scripture, it always points to God. This image of singleness, singularity. And ultimately, that means truth. Right. Right. It, It just means the one. Right. Even when we hear in the Psalms, we hear about the man, happy the man. It's not saying that only a man is happy. When it says the man, the one, one, we start to see the Christology. We start to see God again in those Psalms. So one is a very important number in the Bible. Right. Now, also, we'll have the number two. You know, All right, here we go. This is pretty easy to follow. Well, well, Thank yeah, you. Right, what's after one, Tom? Two, there two. you go. Very good, Tom. Is Thank it? you. That's a, you're a good co-host. Sesame Street all over again. What a great sidekick you are. Thank you. So two, we can look at two, and when we see two in the Bible, typically what we're going to be reading about, it's going to be talking about community. Okay. Right? It's going to be talking about the uh, the concepts of like sort of witness and support, that we're we're here in community. Okay. And so, like, there are, there are instances like where uh, we have, um, remember when Jesus was on trial, no one would come and speak against Jesus, but they found two witnesses. Right. Because, in, again, in Hebrew law, if you have two witnesses, that means truth. Right. Two people would testify. So we see that in Scripture. That's in uh, Matthew chapter 26. Um, and then in the, in the Old Testament, Exodus in chapter 25, we find that two cherubim guarded the Ark of the Covenant, right? right? And, of course, the disciples were sent out two, two by, by two, two, right? Exactly. In Luke chapter 10, we find that out. And so we see this sense of community. And, of course, we all know uh, also that the Lord himself said that where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst right. of them, right? So this idea of community. And, and it's important because... We can take from that or glean from that this idea of two is important because there is the one God mm-hmm. calling the two, mm-hmm. right? Not only to calling them to himself, but also calling them to go out on his behalf and spread the gospel, right? Right. The community, the sense of community. And so when a lot of people have this tendency to be like, it's me and Jesus, it's a me and Jesus relationship, which it is you and Jesus in the sense that you do accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, but it's not just you. Right. You're not an army of one. Right. Right? We're we're a community. Right. And so that number two gives us that sense. Yep. 
So, Tom, hold up your fingers. Now, which is the next one? Four. No, I'm no, three. It's not, you're right. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Okay. I'm going to give you a cookie. Give me a Scooby snack. That's exactly right. Thank so, you. Uh, so three is the next number. Now, three is an important number. Mm-hmm. Now, we see, again, we talked about one being the number of God. Right. Well, also the number of God, as revealed to us, is three. Right. We see this in the Trinity. And it comes, again, that connection to the idea of this, this, this concept of totality and unity that we get uh, in, that, in the three persons of the, of the, of the Trinity, the, right. the three persons in the one nature. Right? We see that, that, again, the Hebrew tradition of, of symbol or idea of perfection, right. continuity, um, totality, unity, we see that uh, in, 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 in three Right, and so threes have been constantly used all throughout Scripture. We have uh, so many significant events, mm-hmm. right, that took place that you know happened, and on the third day, right, this happened or that happened. Um, Jonah spent three days uh, in the belly of the whale. Right, right. Uh, Jesus' earthly min- ministry lasted three years. Right, you know, um, and 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 what are the, what are the uh, the angels? You know, proclaim in the in the heavens when, when we say it at mass every time. Oh, holy, 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 holy. Right. right, Lord God of hosts. Yeah, and so we hear the holy, 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 and we hear that threefold. It invokes the concept of the Trinity. Right. It invokes the concept of that Hebraic number of perfection, of completion, yeah. of totality, of unity. Right. And so many things. A lot of people are like, oh, well, that's a neat number and everything, and that's great. But then we also don't realize that it actually plays a huge role in a lot of the things that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we just heard a little bell there in the background when mm-hmm. someone's just paying for their coffee. Right. Thanks Thank for you. doing that, Thank keeping you. the Thank Catholic you. Cafe alive. Tip your waitresses. That bell reminds me of the bells that we hear, you know, at the consecration at Mass. Right. And typically, it's, there's no law that says you have to do this, but typically how many times do three they, times. they You're ring, right. ring, ring? That's Why? Right. Because there are three persons of the, of the Trinity. Three is an important number. Wow. We say holy, holy, holy. We ring the, the bell three times for the name of, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We pray in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right. And we have these sense of threes. A lot of people don't realize that, that in the traditional church architecture, that mm-hmm. the sanctuary mm-hmm. where the tabernacle is and the altar is three steps up from the nave. Yeah. So you go up these steps three times. And a lot of the old steps would say, holy, holy, holy on each one of the steps. Yeah. And again, we see that three. When we incense, when, when, I, when I take the thurible and I'm incensing mm-hmm. um, something, well, if I'm incensing the bishop, my bishop, you know, he gets two. Right. If I'm incensing, you know, my priest, he gets two. But if we're incensing like something like the, the, the Bible, the scriptures. Right. Or we're incensing the crucifix, or we're incensing um, the blessed sacrament. They get three. Wow! Right, those get three. Holy, holy, holy. How about that? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Because there's that level of totality of unity right. of perfection. So three hmm. is an important number that we're going to see. And of course, one of the greatest threes. Right, we celebrate every year is the Easter Triduum. Right, right, Triduum. Right, Tri Trinity. Mm-hmm. And we see this is the three days. You know, Jesus rose from the dead after three days. Right. Right. And everyone says, well, wait a second. That's not, it's not exactly 36 hours from, no, it's like, no, on the third day. Right. But we're looking at this from the, from the Jewish perspective of days, you know, the crucifixion, entombment, and then the resurrection. Those are three events. And that's why we have that, that three day liturgy that is actually one liturgy, the Easter Triduum. Very beautiful. And again, it it brings in that concept of the three. 
Now, there are many more numbers. We're going to keep going down this list of numbers. All right. Uh, and we're going to do that right after we get back. Before we do that, um, I, I do want to tell folks that we have a wonderful website. It is wonderful. It is wonderful, wonderful. It is. And it's uh, www.thecatholiccafe.com. If you want to hear any of the shows that we've ever done, and now we can have this cool search feature, you can go there and look, and you can look for any. You just type in Eucharist. It'll bring up all of these great shows about the Eucharist. Or if you want to say, well, where's that show they did with Scott Hahn or, or right. Do- Father Robert Barron? Or, or Dr. Peter Kraft, you know, well, you can search for that and you can find Your it. name dropper. There you go. Uh, it was exciting. The Catholic Cafe is filled with all kinds of exciting guests. And then, of course, uh, also, I'd love to hear from you. I want you to send me an email and do that at Deacon Jeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so if you want to hear the winning lottery number, you're going to come right back. <laughs> I'm Vestra Zemski, and this is another great moment in church history. Though St. Anthony of Padua was born in Portugal in the early 13th century, he did most of his work in Italy. He was a Franciscan monk who was well known for his ability to teach the Catholic faith in a way that even the simplest of minds could comprehend. And he was so steadfast in his zeal for protecting the church against heresy that he soon became known as the Hammer of Heretics. St. Anthony was especially effective in converting heretics through the wondrous miracle of the Eucharist. One such conversion story is told about a particularly stubborn and hardened heretic named Bonanillo. Bonanillo was well known in town for his heretical beliefs, and he was not to be convinced with the direct and forceful words of St. Anthony, the hammer of heretics. So St. Anthony had to find other means to convey the truth of the Catholic faith to Bonanillo. One day, when Bonanillo came to town with his mule, St. Anthony made a proposition. He wondered if Bonanillo might recant his heresy and believe in the church's teachings if St. Anthony could get even his mule to bow down in adoration of the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Bonanillo agreed, but being untrusting by nature, he laid down some stipulations. Bonanillo said that the mule must not be fed for two days and should be led into the town square on the third day. On one side of the path was to be placed a tempting pile of fresh feed, and on the other side, St. Anthony would stand with his so-called body of Christ. St. Anthony agreed. For the next two days, the mule was not fed. St. Anthony spent the entire two days in fervent prayer, asking that God might soften Bonanillo's heart and allow him to see the truth of the church. On the third day, the town square was crowded, Bonanillo entered the town square with his now hungry mule. He was certain that the mule would go for the feed. Instead, much to the shock of Bonanillo and all the townspeople, the mule pulled toward St. Anthony and the Blessed Sacrament. Then the mule knelt down in adoration. Seeing this, Bonanillo's eyes filled with tears. His heart melted as he too bowed down in adoration. He gave up his heresy then and there and came home to the one true church. It was a true Eucharistic miracle. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. 
And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here talking to sidekick Tom. Hello. Number 58. There you go. That's your number. It's a lucky number. It's a good number. It is a lucky number. But we're going to skip now uh, three. We're going past three. Okay. We're going to stop on four for a second. Perfect. And my, you know, when I, when I first started looking into this, doing a little research, start thinking like, well, What's the deal with number four? We don't really see four a lot, but actually we do in Scripture. Right, it's really okay. interesting. And there's several places in Scripture where we see four. All right. And it actually has had a lot to do with, um, you know, just our orientation in the world. Okay. When we see the number four, it's usually result or t- talking about something of the earth, of creation. That makes sense. Right. If you think about it, all the times in Scripture we see, we see that number four. We like, you know, of course, the earth has four seasons. Right. Right, and of course, that's obviously even before scripture, we realize the four, the, the four seasons. But it's the four seasons we have. There's four directions. Yeah. Right. We read about in the the, the in, in the apocalypse, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah. Right, going out, uh, and and so and of course, there's like the remember the parable that talking about the the soil when Jesus is talking about the soil. And yeah. The, the, the Where the seed, seeds fall. Right. The, the sower and the seed. Well, there's four different types of soil. Yeah. And, and again, you know, you can look at those things and go, well, that's kind of a stretch. But, you know, the reality is it's interesting that there is a relationship yeah. with these fours. And we start to see this, you know, four corners of the earth and that we're yeah. called to go to the four corners of the earth. Yeah. And the number, so when we see the number four, we, we, we instantly start to think, wait a second, this is going to have something to do with, with, earth. Uh, with, with earth. Now, I'm going to jump to number six. Okay. Number six is interesting because you think right off, I'm going to go with this six, six, six. Number. Yeah, here we go. No, we're not. First, right. we're going to talk about six, the number six. Okay. And if I was going to ask you, and I'm going to give you a clue. Okay. Now, we're talking about the number six right now. Here's mm-hmm. your clue. All right. Which of the seven days of creation did God create man? Sixth Good. day. <laughs> you were incredible, this Tom. This is fun. This is great. So you, you. you're exactly right. So <laughs> six is going to, it's, it's, it's really going to help us to see it's the number of man. Okay. Right, and if you think about it for a second, six is the the sixth day of creation. Yeah. Right, and so we get this sense that um, uh, that on this that that we see this number six that it's not. We read in scripture that we are going to be like God, but we're not. We're not gods. Right. Remember, and John tells us in his letter that 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 in heaven that we will will be like God because we'll see him as he is. Right. Right. We're and we were created in his image and likeness. We are like him, but we are not him. Right. Let's say he was number seven, and we'll talk about that in a second. Right. And if the number seven is God, we're six. Not quite there. Yeah, we're we're more than the uh, more than uh, bananas. Right. Right. <laughs> exactly. More than you know, just the trees and whatnot. Yeah. We're we're and six. The critters. We're the crown of God's creation. Right. That sixth day of creation. Mm-hmm. And so when we see the number six, we should we should kind of get that sense. And. And actually, that's very, it's very interesting to see that because the number seven mm-hmm. is a very important number because it is essentially that sort of biblical number of perfection, right. of completion. Right. And that's a, it's a very important number. And if you the numbers of, of sevens that are in there, you know, is the seventh day that God right. rested, right? God created the, the, the earth. He created the, all of creation, all of the world mm-hmm. in seven days. Mm-hmm. So, again, the complete world. Mm-hmm. Was created in seven days, right. and we also see the number seven used in all kinds of other places. For instance, um, uh, Jesus taught Peter to forgive how many times? Seven, seven times, times seventy. Right, right. And to 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 be, he was trying to be uh, to, to emphasize right. uh, about this and be very emphatic and say, oh, you know, not just seven, but seven times seventy. Right, 
Right. And the point is seven became this number of, com- that means to forgive completely. Right. 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 And that's important. And of course, like when Mary Magdalene was, was cleansed of her demons by Jesus, there were seven demons that went out. Hmm. And you stop and think, well, wait a second, seven. So she was completely exercised. She was completely right. made pure and whole again. Right. Right. Cleansed and, and healed. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just partially, but completely. So we see that sense of of completion mm-hmm. uh, and, and total perfection right now. Again, here's where we have to get our calculators out. Okay. okay so if you've got three being that sort of biblical number of totality, of unity, mm-hmm. right? So uh, a Jew would say, um, amen, amen, amen. Or he would say, holy, holy, holy. Right. To really emphasize that point right. to its fullness. Exactly. And we have this biblical number of perfection, seven. Mm-hmm. So if we were going to, the, the most perfect would be what? Seven, seven, seven. Right. Hence every, uh, you know, slot machine that has triple sevens. There you go. You know, interestingly enough, that's where that comes from. Right? Seriously? The, the three sevens is, is, is the ultimate in, in perfection. It's that's the big cool. winner. Now, I'm cool. not telling you to go out and put money in a slot machine. <laughs> I am not doing that. I'm just seeing, showing you where secular culture even borrows right. from our, our, our religious world, yeah. our spiritual world that God has given us, we see perfection there. Now, if 777 is the ultimate in perfection, mm-hmm. what would be the ultimate imperfection? Because remember, six is the number of man. Six, six, That's six. right, three sixes. And so now we start to see this connection right. and realize, well, wait a second, there's a relation. 666 six, six would be the ultimate imperfection. Right. And so that's why we see the number of the beast. We see this, uh, this relationship. This is not, this is the antichrist. Right. Christ would be 777. You know, you can look at it that way. Yeah. And the, the Antichrist would be 666. Right. Now, it's not going to be like Hollywood. And we don't want to go into uh, to all that stuff. But it's very interesting to see um, that, that there, there are something to be said for all these numbers. Do you remember when uh, there's two different times where Jesus feeds the masses? Right. He, he feeds all these people mm-hmm. uh, with, with, uh, with, with, his, with the bread that's brought to him. Mm-hmm. He does it twice, and one time he does it. He feeds four thousand, mm-hmm. and at the end of that, how many baskets are left over? There's seven baskets left over. Wow! Right, and you think, well, that's that just happened to be number seven that were left over. And it's like, well, you could look at that and say, well, yeah, but if we, this is prefiguring the Eucharist, right, right. So what's left over is what total completion. Right. There's the fullness of Christ's presence in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Now that wasn't the Eucharist that that happened there at that right. point, but it's prefiguring the Eucharist. Right, right. And so we can glean from that that the the total complete perfect presence of Christ in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Right. But then also that this Eucharist would be used to totally completely satisfy and satiate the world. That's cool. So right we there. see that com- we see that that we see that completion. Yeah. So let's jump to eight. All right. Eight's, eight is cool because eight sort of signifies that new beginning. Okay. And we look at eight, and we realize that um, you know there were eight people that survived the flood. Mm-hmm. Again, is that random? Uh, it could be. Right. And then uh, it was eight days after. Uh, we read in John chapter 28, days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas, they were in the upper room. Mm-hmm. Thomas was with them, although the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you, right? Mm-hmm. And what is, what, where do we know uh, Jesus was raised on what day? He was raised on the eighth day. Right. And everyone's going, wait a second, I thought the Beatles were the only one with eight days in their week. <laughs> no, this comes from, it was before the Beatles. Right. right. The, the eighth day of the day of new creation. Mm-hmm. It's the day of new life. It's the Lord's day. It's Sunday. Sunday right. is actually our eighth day. The day of resurrection is the eighth 
day. Okay. Right? So eighth, a very good thing. And, of course, a lot of people don't realize that baptismal fonts, mm-hmm. baptismal fonts have these, uh, they have eight sides. They're typically octagonal. How about and that? And, again, new creation, new right. life, transformation is happening on this eighth day. We were circumcised in the Old Testament, circumcised eighth on the day. eighth day. Yeah. Right? And so we see, you see these connections. These are important things. Another big number is 12. Okay. 12 apostles. Right? Twelve tribes of Israel. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about the church. When we see the number 12, we're talking about church governance. Right. We're seeing a uh, relationship in the church. And, of course, even after um, when Jesus fed the 5,000, mm-hmm. how many baskets were left over? Twelve. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Right? To symbolize or to, to help us understand and visualize and see the sense that there were uh, 12 apostles who were now going to take these 12 baskets of Eucharist and spread them to the four corners of the earth. There you go. Right. And there's this beautiful passage in the book of Revelation uh, when we're talking about the new Jerusalem, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about the church. Right. We're talking about us right now. And and starting in chapter 21, verse 11, it gleamed, it gleamed with the splendor of God. The city had the radiance of a precious jewel that sparkled like a diamond. Its wall, massive and high, had 12 gates at which 12 angels were stationed. 12 names were written on the gates, the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates facing east, three north, three south, and three west. Remember those threes, Yeah. right? This is important. The wall of the city had 12 courses of stones as its foundation mm-hmm. on which were written the names of the 12 apostles of the mm-hmm. Lamb. And so we see the image of the church. That is cool. We see the connection of the 12. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh yeah. And and then of course we also have this, um, you know, this number. Let's go to a thousand. We can jump to a thousand for a second. Okay. How many people are going to be in heaven? One hundred and forty-four thousand. You're a man who knows his scripture. There you go. Now uh, Jehovah's Witness would say it's exactly one hundred forty-four thousand. They'll tell you that. No more, no less. But you know what? We we look look at the number twelve. Mm-hmm. Right. What's you know, twelve tribes of Israel? Twelve apostles. Twelve times twelve is what? One hundred forty-four. So we kind of see that number. Yeah. One hundred forty-four. Well, a thousand just means. Infinity. Wow. More than we can count. So right. 144,000 meant to be like, hey, everybody, heaven's right. a big place. That makes We're sense. We're all going to be there. Yeah. Right? So when we see 1,000, it's a lot. And this number 40, this mm-hmm. number 40, we experience that every year yeah. when we have our 40 days of Lent, O oh Lord. Yeah. For these right. we fast and pray, right? right? So this is important, this number 40. Well, what does it mean? So many times, there, you know, Scripture, the Noah's flood, all these numbers 40 come at us. It's a time of tribulation, a time of trial, a time of waiting, a time of anticipation. Right. And so we anticipate what's getting ready to happen. Right. So we see how important all these numbers are. Mm-hmm. The numbers in Scripture are very important, but they're not to be taken as some kind of secret knowledge right. of God. Yeah. We don't have, we're not going to get a lottery number. I lied to everybody. There's no lottery number here. Dang it. Deacon you know what? Jeff. Just live your life for Christ, and that's what needs to happen. There you go. That's Amen. the only thing that's going to matter Amen. in our lives. All right? Yes, sir. Let's pray. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have revealed your love for us throughout the ages. In your beautiful creation, in the words of your prophets and apostles, and in your church. Help us to avoid the obstacles that keep us from hearing your call. And help us to take up our crosses and follow the path your Son has blazed before us. We ask this through Christ our Lord, amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at The Catholic Cafe. 
there's always room for one more at our table. 